This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is presented to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors, and the goal that we have is to provide our listeners the real facts and the real stats about our local market. We want you to have that information so that you can make good, informed decisions. And let me go back 10 years ago when the show got started and where our market was at. We had just thumped onto the bottom. I mean, and and thumped is a, a very polite word, maybe crashed. Uh, some economists were calling it a soft landing was going to occur. Um, well, it was anything but that. Um, and, and I do want to talk about some of the differences now because people are, I'm hearing the B word again, bubble. Are we in for another bubble? Think back to 10 years ago, and, and, or no, let's think back to 15 years ago. Anybody and everybody could get a loan. You could have jumped off the freight train from Arkansas and arrived here in Fresno, California and walked into a lender and got a loan because you did not need to, at that time they had uh, adjustable rate loans that were called ninja loans. No income, no job, no asset verification. What else? I mean, yeah, yeah, they ran a credit report and you had to have good credit, but um, you know, how bad can you mess up your credit if you're hopping freight trains across the country. So anyway, people were buying homes that really dwindled the supply of homes because almost anybody and everybody was buying one. People were buying two or three or four just in case, uh, you know, it was a great retirement income. So, and there was not a lot of accountability on the part of the loan. Because not only did you not need to verify a job or an income or assets, but you could do it with 100% financing. And I even remember some of them, some loan products out there were offering 110%. Um, so they would actually lend you the entire purchase price plus an extra 10% so that you could pay all your closing costs and even have money left over for uh, improvements to the home or a vacation, or to buy a boat. So that didn't make a lot of sense, but um, uh, they, it did happen. So what, um, what came of that was a massive correction. And look at what we corrected from. That scenario of anybody and everybody being able to buy without income verification, uh, or the ability to repay, and then all of a sudden uh, it, it, it corrected and um, the market crashed. We are now, let's go to 2018. It appears the market is shifting. Um, do I believe it will be a thump or a crash? No. I believe it is going to be what I've been hearing, a market shift. Much like when you're on the freeway and you're speeding along at 75 miles an hour, which is kind of how our market was the last few years. Uh, we were going pretty fast. We weren't doing 100 like we were 15 years ago, but we were doing 75 going along at a good clip. And um, 
lo and behold, you know, now affordability is becoming an issue and prices have gone up, interest rates have gone up a little bit to the point where people are saying, buyers are saying, hmm, I better hold off. And so therefore, there is a shift or a slowing down of the market. I'm And putting it in speed limit terms, I think we've gone from 75 miles an hour down to 60. Um, if you've heard me say this before, I do change my speeds a little bit <laughs> because it, hey, it's a moving target. Um, but anyway, 60 is still a fast moving market, a good moving market. And so here we are. Some tips is be informed. That's the number one tip. Um, and don't look back at what you heard in the past. Oh, it's a seller's market. It's a buyer's market. What I'm hearing now and seeing now, it's a neutral market. Uh, it's neither buyer nor seller. So good communication is key to putting a transaction together. Talk to your realtor. Communicate. Give them what your important needs are, your must-haves. Um, same thing on the seller side, what your must-haves are. If you just want to try the market because somebody down the street listed their home $30,000 over, probably not the right market for that type of speculation. Ah, speculation. That's a key word. Um, not a speculator's market right now. So keep these things in mind. Communication, be informed with your realtor. That'll be really, really important. And with that, we are going to go to our first commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino. And on the line, we have former Assemblyman Phil Hawkins Sr. from Los Angeles County, Assembly District 56. And you may have heard the name before because the name, uh, kind of a big buzzword on Proposition 10, is the repeal of the Costa Hawkins Act. So what better person to find out good information from than one of the co-authors of the original bill from 1995, and that would be Assemblyman Phil Hawkins Sr. Good morning. Good morning. Good to hear from you. Yes, thank you. And you've been on the show before. In fact, uh, if you remember, maybe a year ago, we had uh, Jim Costa and yourself on here, a Republican and a Democrat that worked together to get something done that needed to be done. So Exactly. Why did the Costa-Hawkins Act need to be done? Was that 23 years ago? Yes. Well, there was actually several reasons. Uh, One of them was um, rent control actually creates a housing shortage. And there was a housing shortage back then. Uh, And part of the problem was that uh, because of the rent control, the, uh, the rents were low and nobody was willing to build new construction for housing uh, under those circumstances. So that was one of the reasons that it was going, and we're having that same problem today with rent control. The other thing is is, uh, the government people started realizing that they weren't getting their fair share of the property tax because the property taxes were much lower on rent control property than they were on non-rent control properties. 
So that means that when the taxes are lower, your county, fire, your police, and your cities aren't getting their fair share of the property taxes because you have a tenant that is getting a big break in his rent out of the cities getting their money. So when you start putting that all together, you can see why sudden people started getting together that we have something with this rent control. You, you know, and that's a point I had not thought about. But the loser in rent control, or one of the losers in rent control, is the local government because they're not going to get the property tax dollars because the va- that will hold the value of properties down and even make them lower in, in many cases. Exactly. And so when you start looking that way and the amount of rental units that so many areas have, that was major. And yet, because you have more people, uh, you need more money for your police and fire and for your city services as well. So you see where the people together to say this is a problem with the uh, rent control. It's not just the landlord. Uh, that is having the problem. It's the the whole community. Yes. Yeah. Good point. And you know, there's a here's a point about rent control that I never did like, in that it's it's the only subsidy for um, somebody that is provided by not by the government but by another private individual. So if I owned a rental home and I had to help somebody with their rent, it's the government forcing me to help someone else. And why not the government help them? Well, see, that's the whole fallacy about rent control, is if rent control and subsidies are such a good idea, then the government should take care of it, not an individual, a private individual. that subsidize, it's not a relative, it's not a friend, it's somebody off the street that is just renting their insurance. He has to give them a subsidy. And mm-hmm. that's what that's why in the past we had we had uh, Section 8, which they paid the difference in the rent and all that. And for some reason, under rent control, they don't even think about that. It's just the Lord has to take the uh, the discount. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. And, you know, you're talking about a subsidy to another individual. But if you have vacancy decontrol, I think that's what they call it, where that's when a part. person moves out, and a new one moves in, they still cannot raise the rent to uh, market rate. So that no longer becomes a subsidy to a person. That becomes a price control on a commodity. And I mean, it, and I guess that would be fair if they would do that for gasoline, uh, cell phone bills, insurance, every, uh, taxes, everything else. But if you're only hitting one segment of uh, the economy, that price control doesn't seem fair. Exactly, and that's that's just it. And government was never never wanted, as far as I understand it, never wanted a, an individual to subsidize another individual. That's just not democracy, and that's what rent control actually does. And so what it does is uh, it causes a lot of tension and it causes a lot of problems just because of the way that it is structured there. Mm-hmm. And that's why... When we put the, the rent decontrol together, that was part of the problem is we were trying to, to solve that problem by allowing the rents to go to uh, fair market value at that particular time. 
rent control is still there. So we didn't wipe out rent control, which is an issue that is completely different. But we wanted to make sure that there was a fair amount of rent that was coming in. That solved all of our, not all of, that solved a lot of our economic problems. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were after at that time to get it back to an economic. And then we, we would be able to supply more housing in the near future. So yesterday I received a phone call from, and it said from Danny Glover, so I was excited and I called right back. I wanted to talk to Danny Glover. But he was saying he's calling uh, about Prop 10, and I have this on my voice to text. Uh, says it's a straightforward deal that would limit the rent increase in California. Why should hardworking people suffer while corporate landlords profit? The rent is too, and then it was an expletive, high. Um, so let's make housing affordable for all. By the way, I called well, that number right back, and it uh, probably within five minutes, and it said the number was disconnected. There's a little. No, are you still there? Yeah, still here. Keep. Okay. The problem with some of that is they're saying these corporations are making all this money. They're assuming that the buildings are all paid for. And in most cases, these buildings are not paid for, so they have a huge mortgage plus the mint and the, uh, the upkeep of the building in itself. So when they say these huge profits case, you've got to take in all the other. So I think you can see where where you need to actually pencil aren't necessarily those huge profits because these buildings are not all paid for. And they're not all corporate-owned. I, I know I have some rentals, and, um, yes. uh, you know, that it would really hurt me personally because this is what I've been saving for for 40 years. This is my retirement income, and to take that away and to limit it and make me pay for somebody else who maybe went out and bought boats rather than saving on their own um, just doesn't seem fair. Well, and that's the case. And then when we had the hearings in 1995 in the state assembly, we had hearings and people from uh, the rent control areas actually came up and testified. And one that sticks out of my mind right away is one little old lady said, we, me and my husband, bought four units, four one-bedroom units on the beach in Santa Monica because we figured this would be our retirement. Well, at that time, this was 1995, a one-bedroom apartment on the beach, she was getting $100. So she was getting $400 is all she was getting out of these units that were, you know, probably million-dollar units. And so that was all going to some individual. It wasn't going to the landlord who had invested the money, which was this little old lady, and that was going to be her retirement. And so it just seemed like it was unfair the way it was all set up. And I remember my grandfather who immigrated from Italy and came here and had trouble finding permanent work. He tried everything. He even tried being a real estate broker for a while. But he finally made it when he invested in some Los Angeles apartments, 16 units, and he was able to work on those back in the 60s and 70s. And that became his retirement income. Exactly. And that's what so many people have done. Because, and in, to some people's credit, they don't want to be 
uh, changing dirty toilets. They don't want to be painting these units, and they don't buy these. People that are willing to do that kind of work to get started, um, that's how. That's why they use rental property as a means of making their investment and for the future. And when you start putting rent control on this kind of stuff, you are taking away that investment and that reason to get into that. And then you're you're opening the door for government housing to come in and take over the rental uh, properties. And they've already found that that doesn't work. You look at the areas that have a lot of rental properties that the government owns. It's not near the quality that if the private people have it and the private people take care of the units. Let me ask this question, Phil, and that is, let's say it passed and um, local communities uh, passed a, a lot of these uh, tax or uh, rent control initiatives. And an investor was looking at building 50 units of apartments. What do you think is going to happen? How's that going to pencil out? Well, see, that's just it. It doesn't pencil out. If you're willing to build something and put that kind of money into it, you're going to have to have current market rents. Because when you build a piece of property, the bank wants to know what's the income off that building so that we know how big the loan is going to be. If the bank, if you don't know how big your, your rents are going to be, you won't know how much the bank is going to loan. Then you take it the other side. If they do loan it and you can't raise the rents to make it the payments on it, then the building is going to go, it's not going to work out either. Mm-hmm. So it's like a catch-22. As long as you have these rent controls, you're not going to get new apartments. You're going to get very few older ones that are going to be rehabbed because they don't want to be in the housing business. Okay, there's a critic who says, hey, all that we're trying to do is give it to the local municipalities to make the decision. It doesn't, if Prop 10 were to pass, it doesn't mean there will be rent control in your municipality, but it gives them the the right to do that. What, what's your take on that? Well, and that's true. If uh, if if this bill does fail, if uh, the Hawkins cost of does if it's wiped out, and then each community is allowed to put their rent control in place. Well, some of it, the rent control is going to be so tough on the people and on that you're not going to get any new housing. And in, in fact, a lot of your old housing will deteriorate because they don't have the money to put back in it in order to make it good, livable housing that we need. So it's it goes back to... And, and the buildings are all going to suffer. Yeah, and we we can't have we can't allow that. Yeah, I I see that. I have a vacancy right now where, um, because I'm not rent controlled right now, as the people moved out of a 15 year old house, so it's a fairly new one, but I still went in and I'm spending thousands of dollars to redo the house and make that thing picture perfect and and make it sparkle and pop. If I was held back in my rent, I don't know that I could afford to do that. Well, see, and that's the th- what you just said right there. Most most of the landlords, after a tenant's been there one year or even two, they go in, new carpet, new paint, get it back, like you said, sparkly clean so that you get a fair amount of rent. If you had rent control, well, first of all, you don't have the profit from the, the building itself. You have to take it out of your pocket you're not going to make that building uh, as sharp 
as it could be. You're just going to get it to a livable condition so that you can rent it, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what we're all about. We're after keeping the buildings in tip-top shape and having good, affordable uh, housing. So one last question for you, uh, former Assemblyman Hawkins. How should people vote on Prop 10? Vote no. Vote no means you're going to, you don't want to repeal the bill. No means you want to stay status quo. Uh, and that's what I think California needs. And tell you the truth, a lot of the other states are watching us to see where we're at here. And we need to set the standards for the other states and for the future so that we can have good rental housing and we can have more housing. See, okay, one other thing is on my bill, it says in there that any new construction after this bill passed, and that has become a big stickler with these people. They want to try to get the buildings that are exempt, they want to put them under rent control. Well, it's just going to it's going to make more of a housing shortage, yeah. and we don't need that. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking the time out of your day to help our Central Valley listeners learn about all this. We do have to go to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And on the line, we have realtor Alex Salazar from the Madera Association of Realtors on the line. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Don. How are you this morning? Great. And thank you for uh, uh, letting us call you so that we can go over Proposition 5 that's coming up this week on the ballot. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric on the that you get in in the mail, uh, you see on the TV, here on the radio, yes on this, no on that, and sometimes it's hard to understand. So let's put this in good layman terms, what some of the advantages are to Prop 5 and maybe what some of the disadvantages are to Proposition 5. Um, Excellent. Okay. Can you give us a, a kind of a quick synopsis, first of all, what Proposition 5 is about? Yes, first of all, Proposition 5 uh, is an initiative to create new home ownership opportunities um, for uh, or generations of home buyers out there who are looking to buy new homes right now. Uh, it's a correction to a couple of current propositions that are uh, on the books right now in, in law. Uh, and it really it's focused on helping uh, 55 and older senior citizens, um, those with disabilities, and uh, people impacted by natural disasters such as the fires that we've had over this summer and the past summers that are have lost their homes um, in numerous parts of California. It helps those individuals, senior citizens, um, uh, like I said, uh, people with disabilities and people impacted by those fires and floods, uh, helps them move, uh, with, take their current tax base with them, uh, and, and relocate to, to other areas. Uh, at the same time, what it's going to do is it's going to free up some housing in some areas of the state, uh, which is pretty much everywhere, uh, that's really impacted by the shortage of housing, allowing newer uh, or younger uh, uh, homeowners, uh, families, and so on, 
uh, to to uh, take advantage of those opportunities in, in their communities. Okay, so this isn't going to be a tax break for everybody. It's going to be a tax break, from what I'm hearing you say, it's uh, for seniors 55 and older, uh, which, by the way, that tax break is there now. It's just that it has limitations on it, and Proposition 5 would ease some of those limitations. Uh, and it would Absolutely. also be for uh, disabled people, and it would also be for That's those right. displaced by um, wildfires, uh, floods, etc. Absolutely. Uh, right now, seniors, they often lived in homes, but they often live in homes that no longer meet their needs because either their homes may be too big or too far from their family. So those homeowners, um, you know, most of the time they want to downsize or move closer to be with their children. Uh, but by moving, they could face a doubling or tripling of their property taxes, and uh, that's what we call a moving penalty. And Proposition 5 helps them a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so right now what we're talking about, Proposition 13 allows somebody to maintain a tax basis from the point that they bought the home. So let's say they bought a home 20 years ago for, I'm going to use easy numbers, $100,000. Now it's worth $200,000. They're still paying their taxes on the $100,000. And and we're talking property taxes, not income taxes. So um, in that, what Proposition 13 came about in 1978 so that people didn't get taxed out of their home. Because prior to that, there were people that were going to lose their home because their taxes were going up so high. And if they were on a fixed income, like many seniors are, um, that would force them out of the home. So um, th- this cleans up a, a few things that 40 years ago they didn't think of. <laughs> so Absolutely. Proposition 5 is going to provide opportunity. Uh, it, it provides appropriate relief um, by allowing those eligible with the ability to transfer their current property tax base to the purchase of another home uh, in any of California's 58 counties. The new property tax for that individual, like you said, would be based on the original home's assessment in addition to an adjustment consisting of the difference in value between the sales price of the original home and then the sales price of the new home. Okay. So, and, and I thought you would be a perfect person to talk about because I'm Fresno County, you're Madera County. Right now, we cannot go county to county, can we? No, we cannot. With, with We can't do that right now, absolutely. And there's all that new development uh, just north of the river. Um, what do we got? Uh, uh, well, Madera Rancho. Yeah, we have a Riverstone. We have the Ranchos community, Riverstone, uh, Tesoro Viejo. Uh, this, you know, whole bunch of, or you know, at least two or three huge developments popping up in uh, in the eastern part of southeastern part of Madera County along the Fresno uh, border over there. And uh, yeah, there's lots of gorgeous, beautiful homes and communities popping up over there. And and this. You know, if there's a senior citizen or 55 and older person in Fresno County want to take advantage of, um, you know, some of these new communities uh, just on the other side of the river, they can't right now or they're limited. Okay. And, of course, some of those, because they're newer, are going to be more expensive than maybe what they're selling now. 
So let's talk about this. Let me give you an example. Let's say somebody is selling that headliner home over by Fashion Fair. They've been in it 20 or 30 years, uh, <coughs> bought it for 100000 They are now uh, They now sell it for 200000 The Fresno County is receiving taxes based on $100,000. They might say right now, I'm not going to move, because if I move to that really nice place, that new place over in Riverstone, Heck, it might, you know, my taxes will go up to the 400 or be based on 400,000. So they may do nothing. And that's part of the problem that Prop 5 is trying to fix. So, but let, let's say, how, how would this work, um, Alex? If So we sell that headliner by Fashion Fair uh, for 200,000. There's a 100,000 tax break. They buy over in Madera County. What happens to the taxes? Well, the taxes get adjusted for, based off of the new uh, purchase price, and they still get their uh, they still get to keep that uh, old tax base, like you said, the hundred thousand, uh, and transferred over to Madera County. Um, so they still get to keep their tax base uh, or part of it and, and move it over to Madera County. The plus side of that is that headliner in Fresno now becomes available and here comes a family who's going to or a homeowner or a new homeowner who's going to buy that uh, that home in Fresno and now the tax base is higher because they're going to be paying taxes on the current value which might be that 200,000 or more uh, right now mhm okay and then so when they buy that one for 400,000 they're going to be paying uh the first 200,000 cuz that's what they sold the headliner for is going to be taxed at a hundred thousand to Madera County, but the additional purchase of the other two hundred thousand gets pro- uh, property taxed at the regular amount. So Madera County ends up with a three hundred thousand dollar assessment um, rather than nothing, because that person probably wouldn't have moved. I mean, you're looking at uh, a three thousand three thousand dollars a year, uh, two hundred fifty dollars a month. That's going to keep a few people at home, uh, you know. Absolutely, and, and especially not. those, especially those senior citizens who are just on fixed incomes. Uh, absolutely, those that keep some people at home. But uh, this, uh, this Proposition Five is an initiative to, uh, like we're talking about, uh, you know, move closer, take advantage of these newer communities, and still take some of their tax base with them, but not too much of an adjustment in their in their budgets. Okay. And then Fresno County was able to raise their property tax on the headliner from 100000 to 200 So they're coming out ahead. Madera County might say, well, hey, we're taking that one in the shorts. But it goes the other way, too. Just like you and I, Alex, there, we've both had clients that have moved from Madera County to Fresno. So the reverse can be true also, and it should all uh, wash out. And that's the part that uh, you don't hear from the other side of uh, the proposition. So we're advocating for a yes on Proposition 5, but the other side on Proposition, the, the no on Proposition 5 say that, uh, you know, it's going to be a, uh, a tax hit or a, a hit to the counties because uh, they're going to lose, you know, senior citizens and they're going to move over to other counties or, or move up or move down, downsize um, 
their homes. But what they don't talk about are the families or the homeowners who are going to buy those properties that the senior citizens sell. Uh, they don't talk about how that new homeowner uh, is going to buy that uh, property that the uh, senior citizens trying to sell to uh, to replace. Uh, they don't talk about the higher tax base that they're going that county's going to see with that new homeowner. At the same time, easing uh, some of the housing shortage here in California. Yeah, and when we get back from after this um, commercial break, I've got a flyer here that we're going to address with some uh, opposition to Prop 5, and I'd like to hear your take on it. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, and on the line we have Alex Salazar, realtor in Madera, uh, with the Madera Association of Realtors. And uh, in the previous segment, we talked about Proposition 5 and what it will do and can do if it passes. But, um, Alex, first of all, thanks again for uh, allowing or giving us the time to help explain to our listeners how important Prop 5 is. Um, Absolutely. Thanks, Don, for the opportunity. Oh, yeah. You're the right guy. I mean, Madera, Fresno, because that, I think that's the one that's going to happen the most here, uh, especially with all the new development going on in uh, Madera County. So um, here's a flyer that I got in the mail saying, you know, in opposition to Proposition 5. And... Um, uh, there's here's one a, a lady is quoted as saying California can't afford prop 5 it's just another tax advantage for the wealthy how how would you respond to that you know i think that that is pretty unfair and paints a pretty ugly picture of the people who are being impacted right now um because uh you know they 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 cannot downsize they're stuck uh, in their current homes because of their um, in their finances. Uh, we're also, this isn't also, uh, Proposition 5 also is designed to help um, people with disabilities and those impacted by natural disasters, such as all the fires that happened this summer and the last few summers in throughout California, even here in Madera and Fresno counties. And so I, I believe, I just feel that that's just an unfair uh picture of who it's really, you know, trying to help here. Uh, it's not a tax incentive for the rich. Uh, the 55 and older people, the senior citizens that I work with on a daily basis, and many of us that work with on a daily basis here in Madera and Fresno counties uh, and all over the Central Valley are not rich. They're on fixed incomes. They're, you know, they're, they might be disabled uh, at the same time, too. Uh, but they're for sure not rich. And so this is not an incentive, tax incentive for them, uh, those rich people to, uh, to, to take advantage of. Uh, this is really uh, a help for senior citizens, uh, disabilities, and those impacted by natural disaster. Mm -hmm. And I find it kind of ironic that she would use the word wealthy, that it's a tax advantage for the wealthy, because there are no income restrictions or limitations on this. Uh, your restrictions are age, disability, and um, uh, disaster, uh, uh, fire and emergency response. So, <clears throat> 
It has nothing. So if you're selling a $50,000 home or a $5 million home, it, 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 it's all the same. So I, I feel that's kind of unfair that she would use that buzzword, tax advantage for the wealthy, to try to influence people. And that's why we really have to think about this stuff as we go to the polls. Um, it, <coughs> because there's just so much rhetoric out there. Let me throw yeah, another one. Yes, oh. yes, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. You're the guest. I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say, it, you're absolutely right. It's it's so imperative and important that the voter and us realtors and and all those in our industry, affiliates and lenders and everybody alike, that we ourselves not only read into the propositions, but that we understand them and we share those things with our clients or even in intended clients, right? Those that we that we hope to work with in the future that we're working with right now to become homeowners one day uh, or our senior citizen and, and our family members and friends and neighbors uh, to help really understand what's, what they're really saying in this proposition. Sure, a, a 55 and a senior citizen right now who um, you know, has that low tax base, 100000 on a, a $250,000 uh, you know, Fresno headliner right now, um, it, I guess to some, yes, because they're going to sell their home They've made a little bit of money on the sell of their property, and they're going to move up to another property or downsize, uh, like what we're talking about. Um, to some, okay, they sold their home, and so they might be a little bit wealthier than the others. The property tax is a small portion of the transaction, right? Uh, we're not also we're not talking about the other uh, taxes uh, that you come across when you sell the property. Um, but again, uh, I just think it's an unfair uh, picture of who we're really trying to. Uh, help address with this housing issue here. Right, and you made me think of something in that explanation. If it's just helping the wealthy, how about that first-time home buyer that can now buy that uh, lower-priced home that is now going to come on the market, that, that $200,000 home by Fashion Fair? It, um, so it, it's an um, advantage for first-time home buyers too, to get into the market, and not just first-timers. But anybody that needs to be at that lower price point, so it, it's an incentive you know, the, to make people move. Absolutely, you know the way I describe it to my clients and family and friends about these propositions. You know, I I picture you know a thirty year old, a thirty something year old right now with a young family. You want to live near schools. Well, so did a senior citizen. You know, when they had children, uh, they wanted to live near schools too. But now maybe they're stuck in their home. They're on low income, but they live next to that school. They have no need to be near that school anymore, and they'd love to sell the property and downsize and be closer to the children who maybe have moved further away and, and so on. And so, again, like we're talking about, by giving, uh, helping them with this proposition um, to give them an incentive to move and downsize or move up or move closer to family, that home that they're currently living in that might be by that school um, that might be an ideal situation for a young family now becomes available and uh, it, it's going to help with our inventory issue here in California, housing uh, issue here in California. Yeah, and um, along with what you said, here's part of that flyer too where it says supporters say Prop 5 would help California's housing crises. That's a sham. They're saying it won't, but you and I are of the belief that that's going to open up uh, housing for other people to buy. 
you know, and I think that that kind of comment is pretty typical of an opposition um, to come up with. If the proposition or a bill or a tax, and it doesn't matter if it's if it's this proposition or another, if it's not a fix-all solution, then it, it, it shouldn't be, it, it can't be good, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're really saying is Proposition 5 is uh, n- not a fix, not a, uh, uh, it's not a solution to fix all the housing crisis problems, therefore it must be bad. Um, because, again, what we're trying to do is address just a portion of uh, those impacted by the housing crisis. But, again, I think that the opposition puts on uh, those comments because uh, if, it's, if it's not a fix-all solution, it must be bad, therefore vote no. And I think that that's also unfair. We have to put all the pieces together. Proposition 5 is not going to fix the housing crisis. It's not the fix-all solution, but it will help. It will. Uh, it's a part of it. There's so many other uh, issues impacting uh, housing in this state, in this nation. Period. Um, that yes, Proposition Five is not the fix-all solution, but it is part of it, and we do need to do something. That's right. Here's another comment in here from uh, a different person saying, "How dare real estate interests use seniors and people with disabilities as pawns to sell more expensive homes?" Um, well, my first comment to that is we don't sell people homes. We're, we're They've got to want to buy it. So that if the market says, I want to buy a, a, a bigger home, a newer home, um, the, the realtors are the ones that supply the service. What's your take on Absolutely. that? Absolutely. And, and, well, you know, and, and for me, I'm not selling, you know, I – that's not every day that I work with and sell, you know, the high-end homes. Those aren't my clientele, and that's not really the average clientele right here in the Valley. Average person in the Valley is making, you know, um, the average income, uh, you know, from Madero, Fresno County, uh, or we're working with senior citizens on fixed incomes uh, and, and other situations. So those are not our everyday folks. And like you're saying, we're not selling uh, the high-end properties or selling – uh, high-priced homes or anything like that whatsoever. We're providing a service. Uh, I like to refer to it as I'm helping a family transition or helping a senior citizen transition. You know, what we're talking about is Proposition 5, uh, helping um, senior citizens transition out of their current uh, situation and uh, either take advantage of some of the newer communities right here in Madera County or downsizing uh, mm-hmm. for whatever case that they might need. But nonetheless, we're, we're really providing a service for what they need, not what we're looking for, not what our needs are, That's but right. what that client needs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another uh, po- point that Proposition 5 is going to try to fix, and that is that after the age of 55, you can do it more than one time. Because right now you can only do it one time in your own county, and it has to be an equal or lesser value. That's the way it is now. So this would, Prop 5 would change that. You know, 40 years ago, when these laws came into place, I think the average lifespan was 75 years old. Now it's probably closer to 85, so people are living longer. There's maybe that need to move more than once or twice. So this would free that up. Um, And and by the way, I'm not an actuarian, so I (laughs) I think I have those numbers right, about 75 and 85. I'm just a poor little real estate broker. I don't know, you know, lifespans. <laughs> but you probably do, Alex. I think you're, you you got something there. And, and really, it's it's 
40 years ago, um, what what's different now that uh, wasn't around 40 years ago? Technology, right? Yeah. Uh, transportation, motor transportation, jobs. Um, again, this is Proposition Five is um, is a, a tax solution for 55 and older um, people with disabilities, those impacted by natural disaster. Uh, for instance, the 55 and older, if they want to move closer to their kids who might have moved to another part of the state um, because jobs were in another part of the state or technology uh, took them that way or transportation took them that way. Um, you know, this should be uh, an easy, uh, no-brainer solution for to help those individuals. Okay. And, again, it's uh, – Oh, go ahead. Uh, again, it's just a it's a it's a fix to you know uh, a good idea forty years ago, um, but uh, it shouldn't be the way forever. You know. Mm-hmm. So I have one last question for you before we uh, we go, and that is, how should people vote on Prop Five? Well, it should be yes on Proposition Five. Right. Uh, it's not a fix-all like the like the opponents say. Because this is not a fix-all solution to the housing crisis, it must be bad. That's what they're trying to tell the people, that this is not a fix-all solution to the housing crisis. It must be bad. That's a false uh, – uh, that's, that's false there. Uh, it's a, only uh, a part of the housing crisis. Uh, it will help senior citizens, uh, 55 and older, those with disabilities, those impacted by natural disasters such as fires and and floods and so on that's happened all over the state this past summer and for many summers um, in the last few years. It's going to help those uh, people there. So we absolutely encourage those to support and say yes on Proposition 5. Vote yes. All right. Thank you very much, Alex. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today. And remember to go to the polls and speak your mind on Tuesday. Thank you very much. and Talk to you next week on Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN.